The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Namaste. Welcome to the Conscious Combo podcast. I am your host and teacher, Pippa Leslie. I'm here to share everything I learn, see, and channel This podcast is for the conscious and curious beings who are ready to dive deeper into spirituality. I am so grateful you are here. Well, hello guys. Welcome back to another episode on The Conscious Combo. I've decided to start to do this intention setting before we start to talk to our guest and I loved that Libby did this, Libby Robertson, who was uh, another guest that I had on the podcast. She set like this lovely, lovely intention for the, for the, for the interview and for the chat. So just close your eyes for a moment and let's call in the intention for this chat today. Universe, God, allow us to bring in our intuition into our chat today, bring forth anything that needs to be said, anything that needs wisdom to share in the world for people who are listening to this podcast who are meant to listen to this podcast send them our way allow them to listen with the words that we share today and I hope the words of wisdom that we share with this guest today help and support whoever's listening on their journey and so it is and so it is and so it is ah isn't it a beautiful way to start a podcast Yes, I've never started a podcast like that. That is so lush. <laughs> I know. Like I was. I, have you heard of Libby? Libby Robertson. No, I don't so think I'm she's, familiar with her. She's New Zealand, and she. Yeah, we did this intention setting, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is amazing!" So I thought I would do it on the future podcast. So I want to just say hi to Gemma. Gemma, today she is coming onto the podcast. She is actually New Zealand as well. I'm speaking to loads of Kiwis lately, which I love because it's obviously where I am now and I'm getting used to being here and I've been here almost two years. So Gemma and I are going to talk about whatever's meant to talk, you know, come up in the conversation today. And I'm just really, really grateful that you've got the time to talk to me. So hi, Gemma. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I just feel so grateful to be here and the opportunity to share space with you, Pippa. I know that this is going to be a really beautiful conversation for those that are tuning in yes it really is and I think the the 
the main topic I wanted to talk about was obviously breathwork because I think breathwork is so hot right now, isn't it? Everyone's doing it. Everyone wants to practice it. Everyone's trying to bring it into their daily daily routine. And I need to do more breathwork. You know, I've had um, amazing shifts after doing just five minutes of breathwork. Like the release that's instant in my body is unbelievable. So my first question for you, Gemma, is how did you get into breathwork and... What has breathwork done for you? Oh, such big questions. Okay, I got into breathwork probably four years ago now. I was a new mum and I was really struggling with motherhood. (laughs) I was really struggling with my identity as a CEO and founder of a charity and really was in a transitional period of my life where I needed to let go of a lot that was no longer serving me. And I was gripping on really tightly, trying to make the old way work, but knowing inside that something was so wrong about it and feeling really confronted with motherhood. My son's cry would really trigger me and I would feel overstimulated and overwhelmed and I needed to know how to soothe myself so that I could co-regulate with my son so that I could attune to his needs and be present. And I was so confronted with the reality of becoming a new mom that I wasn't in the present. I was so confronted by becoming a new mom that I had been able to kind of disconnect from everything that was bubbling underneath the surface as a founder and be working 80 hours a week and not realizing this was my flight response, just disconnecting me from Um, unresolved past pain, stress, and trauma. And so I found breath work when I was at my breaking point where I was like, this is costing me too much to stay where I am. I'm not going to pay this anymore. And I'm going to reach out and get some help. And so I worked with a mentor and who is now a friend of mine at Awinia Judson four years ago. And she introduced me to breath work. She's a Soma breath work practitioner. And It was such an incredible experience to learn how I could switch my nervous system state, first of all, and experience a felt sense of grounding. And number two, that I could listen for my own intuition. And that was really the foundation that set me in the direction of rediscovering who I really was, healing from trauma and my ongoing journey with intuitive development and so yeah it's been four years um and what was your second question (laughs) what has breathwork done for you I know you've kind of touched on it you know how has it changed your life and how has it how has it affected you yeah it it's radically transformed every aspect of my life so um I after practicing for quite some time and really beginning to face off with the parts of me that I had avoided and denied and neglected and dismissed and rejected for a long time, I recognized that I was in an unhealthy marriage, recognized that my role inside the organization I founded um, was no longer helpful and useful for me or the organization and decided to exit and um, scaffold um, funding and a team in so that it could carry on beyond my time and completely upgraded my relationships. My inner circle is freaking amazing um, and it's transformed my parenting. I mean, I'm an entirely new person. 
and my friends will testify, you look at photos of me back then and how I look now, like you can see it in my face. But I think what's really transformed for me is a deep understanding of who I am and how my nervous system is at any one point with the ability to be able to do something about it to get me back connected to myself and to the present moment so that I can align myself for what it is I really desire and what it is that I am wanting to work towards yeah I love that and I think the key thing that I took of what you said was about that connection to self like getting to know ourselves the self-awareness grows too doesn't it like you know when things are triggering you and you know it's like being triggered on a daily basis which happens for all of us at different times and we all have different backgrounds, different trauma, different, you know, environments, behaviors, beliefs, but it's that growing that self-awareness of having that toolbox, you know, like, and I've always believed, I remember an old coach of mine said, when you're doing this work on yourself, you can only meet people as deeply as you've met yourself. And it just stuck with me for so long. It's like one of my favorite quotes, like, And I always think about that, like, how can I deepen my self-awareness? How can I deepen, you know, my consciousness? How can I deepen everything about myself so that I can go deep within my clients as well? And that's like, obviously what you're doing, Gemma, and it's, it's unbelievable. And I just want to say like, congratulations for like doing what you did. Cause I can imagine like listening to you say, like, if you looked at pictures of you, like five, six years ago, like you just were a different person. I've had someone reach out this morning that used to go to my old gym like 10 years ago. And she said, you probably don't remember me. And I actually didn't because I just, I've just completely shifted from like who I was. But after a couple of, you know, a couple of minutes, I did re-jog like when she said, oh, I was in this class with you. And I was like, oh my God, it just got me thinking how, what person I was back then. (laughs) And I'm grateful for who she was back then. And you have that gratitude for who you are, don't you? It's like, you know, that gem has got to, got you to where you are now. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And those versions of us were keeping us safe from something, you know? And so I think to really unravel that trauma identity and really unravel those different parts that we created to keep ourselves safe and take off the mask and realize that we can do the work to heal. We can do the work to reconnect And then we can and do get to reinvent ourselves over and over again. And I know that this version of me is temporary and that there's a new one on on the way and that that's a more trusting process for me now. I don't feel like I have to have such a tight grip on needing to know or figure it out. It's just like, actually, I don't know. And so how can I allow my nervous system to soften into that? And how can I trust myself in a deeper way through knowing more of who I am and just allowing what wants to happen to happen? Um, Yeah, it's so beautiful. I think it's such a gift to be able to have those tools to dive inward and know how to face off with those parts of us that have brought us to this point um but are no longer serving us and yeah since leaving that you know that relationship and that work it was an award-winning career the organization I was in was award-winning I could I remember some of um the funders would say are you sure like you're leaving just as it gets easy like you've got the funding now you've got the team you've got the projects it's a great brand like are you sure I was like, no, my soul has been guiding me into the healing arts and retraining as a trauma recovery coach, retraining in breath work, 
and really immersing myself um, and surrounding myself with like valued people has been, yeah, for sure, some of the hardest work, but also the most playful, fun, pleasurable, rewarding that I've done in my life. So yeah, grateful to be here. How beautiful is that you can actually like get to a point in life where you can walk away from things like that because you've just relinquished that control. Like I think as humans, we we are always being, I I don't like saying tested. I like saying gifted. We've always been gifted with, you know, experiences and situations where we can relinquish control, but we want to control. It's like that fight within ourselves, you know, and you'll understand what I mean. You know, you've got that fight or flight, you've got all different responses, you freeze, you fawn. And it's like, I know you wanted to touch on that today about like the freeze response in people as well. You know, you working with clients, Gemma, like what do you see mostly with people? Is it the freeze or is it the kind of fight or is it the fawn? You know, which ones do you, would you say are more common and, you know, people who are listening now will resonate with some of them because they'll go, oh, I do that or this is me or, you know, so what, what kind of things have you seen mostly? And, you know, the one you do see, like how do you help people get out of that state? Yeah, I think this is such a good question. And if I can, I'd love to start with just like a super high level explanation of the different responses. So we have fight or flight, which is the most common, well-known stress responses. An overactivation of the fight response can look like aggression and bullying and controlling, big emotional outbursts. The... um overactivity within the nervous system of the flight response can look like overworking and perfectionism. So you're really trying to flee and run away from um, that stress. The least common and very real and present within the nervous system are freeze and fawn. And a freeze response can look like numbing out on social media, Netflix binging and video gaming for long periods of time. I mean, these things are awesome to have a little dose of in your life, but it's when it's for that long period of time where you just can't realize that's when we're knowing there's an overactivation of that. And then we have fawn and fawn is people pleasing. Fawn looks like keeping the connection with someone at all costs and your access to anger is actually frozen inside of your body. And so what I see a lot of working with women in particular is a really um, kind of 50-50 mix of flight and fawn and so what we see is that the nervous system goes into that overdrive with the stress response there is that dose of anger in the system and it's driving flight so the perfectionism and the overworking then because there has been too much of that in the system it'll shut down into that fawn response and so women are appeasing they're minimizing their needs neglecting their self-care um, not setting boundaries and so um, it's kind of moving between those two states pretty consistently um, lots of energy no energy <laughs> lots of energy no energy um, and so I think it's really helpful to know that and I think if you're listening as well to just begin to notice like what one am I resonating with most when I find myself I am definitely of- I was definitely fawn I was definitely fawn like people pleasing yeah. and making that a priority in my life because I was scared to lose those people because I thought by losing certain people in my life, it would devalue me, you Mm. know? So I've done a lot of work around 
my responses. And I think it is, like you said, getting curious, like you've just said about which one's you and it's okay. Like it doesn't mean your label of like, oh, this is me and it's who you are. It's we all have a nervous system. We all have trauma. We all have different experiences. And it's it's being gentle with yourself throughout this healing journey because as you know Gemma you work with people and it's oh it's it's deep stuff like the shit that comes up for so many people is it's challenging like even I've started my master's degree and it's in trauma and somatic and abuse and it's like listening to it you know brings up triggers for me because you know we all have different triggers in life but I think listening to you explain you know the different responses is fun for me was I'd say like I am a video gamer, so I do spend time video gaming, but maybe like an hour, you know, like because I, I have to go do something and I get I get bored after switch and change. But when you said the fawning was definitely me, like people pleasing was like my number one priority was making sure everyone was okay before myself. And now I've switched that. We're like, no, hang on, is Pip is Pip at the stage where she can help other people, you know? So it's it, I like that insp- explanation. So thank you. Yeah, of course. And I think it's so true what you said, you know, there's um, some real work that comes up when you begin to notice, right? So you get the awareness, and then you've got a choice. And I think what's been really helpful in healing for me and for a lot of my clients is knowing that all we're doing here by bringing awareness is developing a relationship to our stress response, a relationship with our nervous system. And so like any relationship, it takes time to build trust, connection. It takes time to get to know the thing you are relating to. And it's okay to have the awareness and to still notice your nervous system's habits. And I think over time, what begins to happen is that in that awareness and in your self-care and in your nurturing of your energy, you begin to create a bit of capacity for change where you might then begin to notice what's happening inside your nervous system and practice choosing something else instead of what's the default setting. And so for a lot of my clients with the flight response, um, which is me, I'm trademark flight response, (laughs) um, uh, is to really practice activating the parasympathetic nervous system and signaling to the body that it is safe to go into rest and digest, that there is no target to run from, and that when you've really assessed the different parts of your life and you know there isn't um, actual danger to be running from, you, you know, you've really nurtured what it is that you need to feel good and you've put yourself in environments that nurture that, it, the stress response will still come online. So it'll be an art of practicing, no, I am safe, I can slow down, peace is my priority. I get to pause and retraining the nervous system to come into that state of rest and digest through activating the parasympathetic um, state. And we do that with the breath. And so um, restorative breath work is something that I teach, something that I share. Restorative breath work looks like breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth for a particular rhythm. We do that over an extended period of time to shift that state out of that survival place into rest and digest. And for my clients that experience a lot of fawn, which is also my other favorite one, for me, um, growing up in religion, for me, the fawn response comes online um, to protect me from the feelings that I'm a bad person that I'm innately a sinner and I'm innately bad and I must be a good girl. And so 
there's so much, you know, unconditioning to do with that. Um, and for a lot of the fawn response, what's really important is to begin to create the space to notice what are my needs? How might I set a boundary? Where are the opportunities I have in my life to set a boundary? How can I practice communicating a boundary using something like nonviolent communication, even if my voice is shaking, even if I'm activated into a totally different state? Um, It takes some time for the nervous system to learn how to assert a sense of self. And uh, for myself and for a lot of my fawn clients, that's what we're focusing in on is really getting to know your own needs, your own preferences, prioritizing them, communicating them and giving yourself space for them so that that self energy can take up more space within the system. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply few things I wanted to ask was okay so we've got all these like you know four major responses I think there's another one isn't there that someone mentioned on was it the holistic psychologist there's, a, there's, a, there's another one that I can't think of the name but I'll have to try and find that there's like an extra one that's very min- minimal but anyway let's go with the four so is there certain modalities that would help one or the other more so like for example let's lose let's use breath work you know is breath work going to help every single one of those is there other modalities that say you know especially like the fight responses obviously that that anger and that aggression you know is there different modalities that would be because you don't want to label them as like oh fawn's not as bad as like you know you know fight and things like that they're all they're all unique you know in how we respond to things and the other thing while i was in my head thinking about it was you know, are these responses learned or are we born this way? Because that's kind of like how I start to think of like, and this is why my master's is teaching me to get curious and ask ask questions. And it's like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, are these learned responses or are these responses that, you know, we've just been born with? Mm. And, you know, when you think about the different responses, I always think of like, that our nervous system is like our antennas. So it's like, you know, an ant has these feelers and like, it's going, Oh, is she, is she good? Is she good for me? And it's like, Oh no. It's like, so I think the nervous system is get. that's why you said your inner circle now is like tight. It's good. It feels good. And I think you get curious and you get really aware of like, Oh, well, I don't when I've spent time with that person as much as I'm, I'm sending love to them and compassion. Cause you get to that stage is just, I can't spend a lot of time with them because I just feel I, I go into response. I go into flight response. I go into form response. So, you know, there's definitely got to be 
a fine line between not avoiding those responses because you start to bypass your healing, don't you? Like there's people that I know I could spend time with and I know I'd be triggered by them, but is that that fine line between we need to work on those triggers, don't we? So I know I've like kind of thrown all that at you just then, but I just wanted to get your take on like what I've just said about the different responses, what works well and what would work better for different ones. And, you know, I wonder if they were learned or if they were, we were born that way. Yeah, of course. I love this. This is so juicy. This like whole piece. I know. So... I was like, my brain was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So yeah, I, I, from, from what I understand, we're born and we have a predis- predisposition within um, our body mind system. And so depending on the environment um, that will get nurtured. And I mean, having a stress response is not a bad thing. I think this is really important to understand having a fight response in a time where you need to protect yourself from danger makes sense. We want that, (laughs) you know, fawning when you need to be able to um, minimize yourself, minimize your needs to keep yourself safe in an unhealthy dynamic in short bursts, not ongoing. um, That is good. So we don't want to bypass the importance of the stress response and having a nervous system. I think what's important to understand is how we regulate that and complete stress cycles. And so if there has been a moment where we've needed to activate that stress response in the face of danger, did that stress response complete and come back out into that grounded and regulated state? And for a lot of people, those stress cycles aren't completing. And yes, absolutely, we did learn in childhood what it is that we needed to do in order for our caregivers to meet our basic needs. And as children, we don't understand that um, our caregivers may not necessarily have the ability to be able to meet our needs. And so we and our nervous systems will adapt and adapt and adapt and adapt in order to be able to do our best to get those needs met. And so absolutely, it's learnt over time. And so the thing that's really important to understand with the nervous system is that it is that stress response is activated in the face of actual or perceived danger. And because of our limbic system, the part of the brain that processes time, um, when we're in a stress response, past, past, present and future is suspended. And so what's often happening for some of my clients and certainly for me, that in the present, I was being triggered not by what was in the present, it was perceived danger, it was actually my body's memory of the past and its attempt to keep me safe. And so it's really important that we learn how to complete those stress cycles from the past so that the body-mind system can reconnect into the present moment with our authentic self so that we're able to assess and be discerning of, okay, um, is this a present moment thing or is this a historic thing? And then from that place, be able to assess how much time, energy, um, investment we want to put into what is activating that. Um, And I think it's really important too to know, like, I love what you were saying about, you know, noticing how your body feels around different people. And I think what I don't hear enough of is that it's okay to be really selfish as you begin to notice that you have experienced stress and trauma that your nervous system is stuck in a flight response. It's okay to call all your energy back and give it to yourself to heal through that period. 
what's happened when we have experienced stress and trauma and those stress cycles haven't been able to be completed is that we have something called a window of tolerance and that window of tolerance becomes narrower when we experience more stress and trauma that is not discharged through the system. And so it makes sense that, you know, some situations will be really draining and really triggering because you don't have the capacity inside your nervous system. But what we can do with things like breath work is to begin to discharge that built up stress and tension from the body. And as we do, we widen that window of tolerance and we notice we might have more capacity, more resources to engage with more people places, projects that might trigger us, but be able to um, have the ability to work through that. And there's, I know for me in my own journey, you know, periods where anything that triggered me was like a hundred percent of them thing. And, you know, it's recognizing, oh, I'm still in the place of projecting. I actually don't have the capacity or the resources to be able to navigate this in a healthy way. So I do need to withdraw and just keep focusing on myself until I'm in the place where I have capacity for healthy relating and yeah that's okay to take time it's okay to be in that season there's no rush (laughs) I love that and I also love that when we're going through these triggers and like you said it's a memory of I'm not safe in this moment I think it's also taking time to give gratitude to our bodies and our nervous system for keeping us safe for allowing us to You know, sometimes we get so caught up in, I need to heal and I need to stop, you know, stop being in flight response or I need to stop people pleasing. And it's just, we can't, it's like, I always say to everyone that I meet, no matter who it is, you're not broken. You don't need fixing. There's nothing wrong with you. There's over 8 billion people on the planet. We're all the same. We all have the same nervous system, but we all have had different experiences and we've all had different trauma and we've all had different beliefs, you know it's being gentle with yourself throughout the healing journey. And I love what you said, Gemma, about being selfish. Like selfish is the opposite of me. So being selfish is really hard for me to step into. And I love also like my brain, just thinking of all these different things is like fawning. So it's crazy that you bring up this because it's coming up everywhere for me. So I talk about this with my therapist. I don't feel anger very well. I'm not an angry person. Uh, my friends and my my family will say we, we never see Pip angry. And only recently it started to come up to be like, I need to feel like I'm okay to feel anger as long as I'm in a safe space and I'm I'm doing it, you know, with within, I'm not going around punching people, you know, it's got to be a safe space, but I don't feel anger very well. And I think I've suppressed it. And I think I realized that my belief around anger was if I feel angry, it means I'm a mean person. Because my mm. belief was around that because I had a lot of mean friends growing up who were very angry and just, you know, like you said, bullying, bitchy, just, and it just, I used to, oh, I used to just, I couldn't resonate with it. And I was always so against, because I'm such an empath and I reminded myself that being an empath is a really tough job. <laughs> you know, there's people who have empathy for people, but being a full-blown empath is, is another level. Like I feel things, I, <laughs> I will feel things that you think, you know, I'm just such an emotional person. I feel everything, you know, I feel nature, I feel animals, I feel you, I feel everybody. And it's, it's a gift and I have to be able to channel it in the right way. But you mentioning those things and, you know, I think it just, the full circle of what I want to say is there, there isn't anything wrong with you. We're all in this journey together. 
we're all experiencing it differently, but we're all ultimately after the, the same goal. We want to feel better. We want to let go of the anxiety. We want to let go of the stress. And if we can be gentle with ourselves and if we can give ourselves that self-care and be selfish for ourselves, and be selfish for, you know, a good thing, you know, I'm being selfish today because I need time to reflect on this trigger or I need time to, you know, watch a Netflix show or, you know, the selfishness changes from, that negative selfish to actually the nice selfish, if that makes sense. So I think what you've said is just like, it just resonates so much because it's just like, there's just so many people who are having a hard time dealing with this trauma Mm. and triggers. And they're just so, what's the word? They're so hard on themselves. And I just say, take a break. You know, this healing healing work can't be 24 seven. You've got to take breaks to live life. You know, you can't live the rest of your life. Just like, sometimes I don't meditate for days or a week or two weeks and I'm giving myself that hard time. I'm like, it's okay. Like, you know, as long as you're monitoring how you feel and if, you know, triggers do come up. And also when you mentioned about like these triggers, you'll get to a point where you think, oh, I feel good. Like this is good. And I've done really well with this. And then, oh no, like another trigger comes on. You're like, oh shit, no, that (laughs) gotta work on that again. So I think it is yes. it's curiosity for self. It's it's being gentle with yourself throughout it as well. And like, you know, what you do, Gemma, is finding people like you to help you through it because you care and you want to help people so much. Yeah, of course. And I feel like, yeah, what you're saying, there's something so interesting I've noticed in my clients and in my own journey of how that perfectionism gets projected onto the healing journey. So again, we're in the flight response of our healing journey, like even the perception of danger in healing um, can bring that perfectionism online. And it's really interesting to just notice that when that starts to show up. And I think, you know, something I've, I've really, really learned through this work as well is that sometimes you need to just stop digging. There's like no more things that you need to dig up and, and it can be, so tempting because you've dug before and found gold or found something that's been such a profound shift for you that you think, oh, if that's not happening, something's wrong. When really, (laughs) what if it got to be a season of having fun and prioritizing your playfulness and maybe finding a little bit more Um, relationship with boring and mundane in your life to apply and integrate what that aha moment that's already happened was and this is something I share at the end of my breathwork workshops like I've got some people that come along um, for the sixth seventh time some people that are there for the first time and it's really important to me that if you choose to come back it's because you have applied and integrated what you already discovered inside the journey and from a really authentic place I feeling that call to come back otherwise you can get lost in the hamster wheel of spiritual growth emotional maturity personal development and you're really in the same pattern and habit as you were before and so prioritizing your playfulness prioritizing integration I think is just really key and really important to give yourself space to keep softening through all those layers, all the walls that you've built to keep yourself safe. And I think something that's really important to mention too is that for a lot of us that have experienced relational trauma, 
it is going to be healed in relationship with another. So we can spend a lot of time on podcasts, watching YouTube videos, doing self-paced programs online, even attending workshops and webinars and seminars and trainings. The real um, next frontier, I guess, once you have been able to really get to know yourself in a deeper way and regulate your nervous system is to begin to practice healthy relating and to let yourself be triggered and to notice as you're being triggered and to have the emotional maturity to manage yourself in relationship with someone else through what's coming up rather than withdrawing, rather than ghosting, rather than stonewalling, um, but to say, hey, I'm actually feeling really triggered. I'm going to need to take some time. I'm going to come back to you in an hour like communicating when you're going to come back, if that's what you need. And I just love nonviolent communication as a framework to help heal at that next frontier in relationship with other people. I feel dismissed when you are scrolling on your phone while I'm trying to have a conversation with you. What I need is quality time together without devices. Can you do that? Could we practice that? People have an option. They can choose to opt in to your communication. And I just find that so healing and so liberating because, again, you're letting go of control. It's like this person doesn't want to choose to be in a healthy relationship with me. I can accept that. Like I've done enough work now to reconnect with myself and to be able to choose myself should this person not be able to meet my need and us to be in a healthy and well relationship together. And that is just like the coolest place to see my clients get to because as a result of that, I cannot tell you how many clients I have right now messaging me being like, my sex life is the spiciest it has ever been because I'm actually intimate with my partner. I'm letting myself be seen. (laughs) This is so good. (laughs) I love that. And it's like that element of communication. Like I have a great relationship with my husband and we get to communicate because we're both, you know, so self-aware. And it makes, it just flows. And I think, you know, triggers will all still come up in relationships. That's the whole point because you're mirroring so much of each other. And I think I love what you said about that with, with, you know, with the triggers and things like that is that taking that break, you know, away from them because you can get obsessed with that. And you can't, like I said, I was not wanting to feel anger because I thought it would stray me from my spiritual path and it wasn't a spiritual thing to do, but actually anger is a powerful emotion if channeled in the right way. And it brings passion. It brings, you know, like that just fire, you know, just like, cause I think there is things that make me angry about the world, you know, and that's okay. And we've been given all these beautiful emotions, but anger is such a misunderstood emotion, I think. And we spoke about this a lot. You know, it's come up everywhere. It's like anger's in my face everywhere, like saying, hi, come speak to me. So I think if we can like allow those emotions, you know, imagine those emotions are people in your life, you know, happiness, sadness, anger, joy, you know, contentment. If you could put them in a person and have a chat with them, you know, what would you say to anger? What would you say to sadness? And it's it's mm-hmm. yours to feel. And I think that's also important to have people around you that you feel safe and not judged to talk about things, you know. And I think it's interesting, you know, how when you become more self-aware, your relationships thrive, your friendships thrive, your sex life thrives. You know, it's like because you you just become like, I always felt like say 10 years ago before I was kind of, I was 23 and I was, you know, obviously was spiritual, but wasn't as I am now. 
and you're looking, you're always looking to be offended. It's like the ego's mantra. How can I be offended? What, what can make me offended today? And I used to love Wayne Dyer talking about this. He's like, the ego's out there to be offended. And you stop looking for things to be offended by because you don't want to be offended. You just want to be happy and you want to be, you know, full of life and you want to feel things and not just look for things to be offended. So it's just, it's just a release. Like I always just felt that just the lightness of it. Like you physically feel lighter, you energetically feel lighter, you spiritually feel lighter. And I think breath work, getting back to that breath work is that whenever we're doing that deep, deep belly breath work, the body is just like loving this. It's like, it's like you're releasing it out of the breath. I know you are obviously chemically, you know, it's just, I have never shifted so quickly in a breathwork session and more people need to do breathwork for sure. And I think, so you, you did your breathwork with awaken breathwork, didn't you? So I followed them for a while. So what was that experience like, you know, you know, getting certified with them? I can imagine it was really exciting. Yes, it was incredible. Yeah, I'd done a bit of work with Hella Weston beforehand through her Intuitive Impact Mastermind and really began to learn about Awakened Breathwork through that as well as intuitive development. And that's when a lot of creativity began to come back online for me and I felt a real relationship um, with what wanted to work through me. Like I, I kind of came to this place of like, okay, I, I don't know what's going on. God, how do you want to use me? Like, I'm a willing participant. I'm letting go. I've got no fucking idea. And Awaken Breathwork was just so powerful to be able to really tap into that place of surrender um, and allowing for relationship with source and creative energy, which was incredible. And so I did the first round of the facilitator training. We had such an incredible cohort and it was, um, I think it ended up being about 10 months. It was very intense. We were doing a deep breathwork journey every two weeks, as well as um, trauma-informed education on the body-mind system, modules, quizzes, like it was all go. Um, and it was an incredibly comprehensive training. So world-class, trauma-informed, and Heller and Lucas are fantastic mentors. So I really enjoyed it. It was it was really hard. Um I was in some form of emotional processing for 10 months straight as a solo mum building a business from the ground up. So it was a testing time, I'm not going to lie. Um, and it's just been such a beautiful experience to be able to come out the other side with an upgraded nervous system and a much deeper relationship with my intuition and a ability to serve people from a grounded and regulated place. I think coaching's fantastic. Um, and I love coaching and I love mentoring. And I think what I love most about breathwork is the ability as a facilitator and a practitioner to completely decenter my experience, myself, my ideas, and support people to come back into relationship with their innate power, with their intuition, and be a um a co-regulator for that of like you feel that you're having the direct experience within yourself of healing and transformation with your own breath you are the tool practicing breath work and the shifts are just so profound so yeah this year I've had the opportunity to share breath work in community workshops one-on-ones at retreats online programs and yeah I think it's been maybe close to 300 clients this year alone 
just just been remarkable and I think there's something so important about, you know, I want to come back to that anger. I think there is something so important about that. And breathwork was the thing that gave me the ability to access that anger again in a really healthy way. Because we can sometimes put too much into our nervous systems, which can re-traumatize them. So you kind of need to build the capacity and capability within yourself for some of this discomfort and to move through those stories and those limiting beliefs um, for it to feel like something that's actually accessible. And so anger and rage and the expression of that has been really key for my clients inside of Know New Things um, and inside those community breathwork classes as well, especially men, really feeling warrior energy and feeling that anger and rewriting the story about what it means to express that knowing that that's a really helpful and useful energy we want to we want to be able to cultivate that inside of our systems and as you say in that healthy way but um yeah i love 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 the awakened family we're connected with facilitators all around the world i had one drop in um on monday driving through and i just yeah i love our awakened family it's beautiful yeah, I followed them for a while and they, they do. They just sound amazing. And I think more people need to be doing breath work. And I had something in my head to share. And it's like when I listen to you talk, I get all these amazing things that I want to share. And then they just kind of go, they all kind of just go out the window. But it, it comes back to me, then I'll share it before we finish. But I think with all these modalities that are coming out in the world right now, like they are so needed. You know, I've seen there's so many online. And I think a message that I wanted to kind of share before we finish is also about try all the different modalities because, you know, you might find one that just works so amazingly for you. You know, breath work for me was been one of the most profound ones, you know, cold water therapy, even though it's hard, you know, to get in the cold water, it has miraculous, miraculous things, you know, for the likes of a husband, he can't do cold water therapy because he has uh, not, it wasn't say a heart condition, but he, he's had something to do with his heart that just makes it, you know, not really safe. Mm-hmm. So again, it's finding the right ones for you and using your intuition with different things as well, but what you're doing for the world and it's just awesome. And whenever I finish a, a, an episode, I always ask my, you know, people that's on the podcast is, if you could, if, if the whole world was listening to you right now, like if you had, if you just close your eyes and you think everyone, every, you've got to be able to speak to everyone right now in the world, what would your heart say to them today? Hmm. Peace is your birthright. Peace comes from your heart. And when you peel back the stories, the stress, the trauma, the different things that have brought you to where you are today, you have peace in your heart and it is accessible to you wherever you are. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me of what Wayne said in one of his talks. Wayne Dyer is like my big spiritual teacher. He said, if I was to hand you two different ones, Wand A, you could swish, and for the rest of your life, no matter what happens in your life, you will always have inner peace. Or Wand B, you can swish and you can have anything you want, the new car, the new house, whatever you wanted. Which would you choose? And I'm like, inner peace, 
because no matter yeah. what you go through, you're always going to have inner peace. And if you think about it on a deeper layer, if you've got inner peace constantly, you're going to manifest all that shit anyway. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love the strategy. Yeah, well, it uh, makes sense. The, the thing just came back into my head about you talking about like men and anger and the trauma and stuff, you know, we carry generations of trauma. Like we carry our mothers, fathers, grandparents, great grandparents. And sometimes I sit and think like, if I'm in that deep thought, I always think like all those people in our lineage from thousands of years ago had to survive, you know, survival of the fittest for us to even be here today to have this conversation. So before we finish, let's just honor our ancestors. Let's just honor those people that came before us from the dawn of time that have survived, that have just got through the survival of the fittest, through all of the challenges that they went through throughout their whole life, you know, feeding themselves, finding shelter, bringing up, you know, babies and children and trying to find the food and, you know, fire and warmth and clothing, you know, all those ancestors that came before us so we could be here right now in this present moment, having this beautiful conversation. And when we think about all those people in our family lineage, it's incredible what they've done and what they've achieved mm. so we can be here today. It's mm. crazy when you think about it. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. I've got um, one thing I wondered if I yeah. could share. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think something that isn't talked about enough in the trauma recovery or trauma informed space on leadership or well-being or like anyone on their healing journey just the thing I wish I knew sooner was that that really um it's it's so helpful and useful for your nervous system coming out of chaos drama uncertainty overwhelm abuse whatever the dynamic was to really prioritize softness and gentleness and that you will be able to build up your capacity to be able to do something like an ice bath or something like a um, an activation style breathwork or holotropic style breathwork. But those modalities and those tools aren't helpful or useful for you right at the start of your journey. What is helpful and useful is slow walks really letting your body presence and um, allow it to presence with sunshine, um, texturing, like just grounding and earthing, sitting in the forest, being in water, um, yin yoga, restorative breathwork, which is a, the softer, gentler breathwork practice I teach. Um, and just really noticing and allowing, if peace was your compass, what would you choose? And knowing that over time you will build the capacity for other tools, other modalities, other things. But right now the most important thing for you is to find what peace feels like again and to let that be the rhythm that you orientate your body towards. And, yeah, I do have a lot of clients, in particular female clients that have come through to me this year that have worked with breathwork in a really masculine way where it has been too much, too fast, too soon for their nervous systems and it's re-traumatized them. And so to um, make sure that your practitioner is trauma-informed and understands um, just what that softer, gentler uh, breathwork can do for you depending on where you are in your healing journey, 
and knowing when it's the right time to bring in that more activation style. So um, something for my younger self and something for those that are selling out on the healing journey. Um, yeah, thank you for letting me share that. It's really important. <laughs> it is beautiful. and it, is, it just reminds me of that gentleness that you you have on your healing journey. Like I always say to my clients, you know, think about when you plant whatever you're planting, a rose, you know, whatever it is you want to plant. There's so many out there that you can't expect that to grow within a week. You know, it's, it's going to take time, but you've got to water it. Like you've got to water yourself. Mm. You might forget to water yourself and that's okay. And I think it's just having that gentleness and kindness to ourselves throughout the healing journey. And like you said, there'll be weeks where you just want to stop, where you just, you just too much. It's too much. And it's, it's hot and heavy and it is hot and heavy and it's deep yeah. and it's challenging. But it's also, like you said, that reminding ourselves to be fun. Like I did a reel yesterday about just being silly and I was just so silly and stupid. And I love that about me. I've got this real silly Disney little girl in me that just wants to laugh and joke and play that's the most important part of my work with my clients is are you playing are you having fun are you are you laughing are you that's healing as much as yeah. all the deep shit is healing the laughter and the silliness that inner child within you wants all that silliness and just to have fun because when we when we leave this earth they're the moments you're going to remember of course yes and if it, if all that inner work isn't leading to that something ain't right like yeah exactly Oh, she wants to play. Let her free. Free. <laughs> I love that. I love, I just, I've loved this chat. It's been beautiful. It's, it's gone where it needed to go. Just giving thanks to your heart, giving thanks to your wisdom, you know, your work, your words, your voice, your energy, and just being so grateful to have you on the podcast today. And it was definitely divine timing for sure Mm, thank you so much and I really appreciated your shares as well and hearing more about how this work connects in your personal story and your personal journey and with the people you work with as well and I really want to acknowledge you thank you for doing what you do (laughs) thank you Gemma I really hope you've enjoyed this episode, guys, and you've taken some, you know, wisdom from it. You've taken some support from it. We really, really want to have that each week, you know, bringing wisdom to you guys in your life and helping where we can. This is the value that I want to give to you all. Again, if you've got any topics that we haven't covered yet and you want me to, you know, find someone out there, I'm sure the universe will send me those people just send me a quick message and we'll get the topics covered for sure. But I'm going to put all Gemma's links on the show notes so you can contact her on Instagram and she's got a podcast as well. So I'm going to put all of her juicy links on there. And yeah, wherever you are in the world, I'm sending all the love from New Zealand and take care guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, 
and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.